Welcome to episode 26 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Hi everybody, welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music and episode 26. As you've been seeing for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the core composition. I hope you've enjoyed the other two or three podcasts devoted to this segment. As you can see, there's a lot involved and I think it's really cool that people have contacted me and, and said, you know, there's also this idea and that idea. So I'm creating a Google Doc which will have these ideas on it plus many more that people have been sending to me and I'll pop it up on the website where the actual podcast information is so you can actually grab that or I might publish that separately maybe I'll see what I can do uh, once I actually finish up with this particular podcast but I want to thank all those people who've been contacting me and contributing to this particular series of podcasts. So with today's podcast we're going to talk about how to organize the material. Um, the, the document that I've created this week uh, hopefully will help kids to organize and arrange. The thing about it is once they've got their ideas, the organization is actually the fun part. That's the, the bit we enjoy the most. So I've developed this document and I've put it into two different sections. The first section is ways to develop an idea or a motive because if the students are working with motivic development then it might be slightly different. And then the next thing I've created on the other side is ways to organize blocks of sound or things you can add to the blocks of sound and so that might help I find students that have are able to see blocks and think vertically and horizontally uh, uh, find the arranging process or this part of the process quite easy I find students who are linear do struggle a little bit with blocks so um, you might find some of your students don't hear harmony so well and that's a fairly strong indicator that they're linear. They don't think vertically, they think horizontally. Um, so sometimes the ways to develop an idea is a little bit easier for those kids. Anyway, in today's doc we've got um, different ways to develop an idea. So if they've got a couple of pieces of core material, they could repeat or cycle different ones. They could invert them. Uh, they could play them backwards, they could expand the interval or contract the interval, they could transpose them, they could displace the pitch or displace the rhythm, they can fragment that melody and then create new ideas from that, they could extend the end of the melody, um, they could rhythmically augment or diminish the melody, they could rhythmically alter that melody, they could change the articulation, they could vertically arrange the notes of the melody and therefore create a harmony for underneath the melody. They could change the instrumental combinations. They could do metric changes. They could rhythmically displace using accents or syncopation or morphing or addition or subtraction or cycles or whatever. So developing a motive or an idea to create a section. That's one way that your linear players will, will find easiest. I've offered um, just the sample out of the White Ghost Dancing that Ross Edwards does where he's got the GA motive which is just the two notes, it's just the interval of a second and he's 
changed the rhythms of it. He's changed the registers of it. He's uh, repeated it. He's used grace notes. He's done all sorts of things to it. That in itself, you can look at the development of those ideas with supporting structures. So they could have this motivic idea that's supported by drones or supported by um, uh, harmonic progressions or a limited pitch set that's aleatoric or, you know, has some sort of a rhythmic idea underneath. So that's why I put that section together because for your linear players, sometimes it's quite good to take that tactic. For your um, vertical players, so players that think harmonically or can see blocks who are heavily in patterns and blocks, this is quite good for them, um, ways to organise in blocks. So they could consider the roles of layers like your traditional versus your non-traditional like your normal traditional layers of melody, bass and accompaniment and primary rhythmic and, and secondaries, but also the non-traditional roles um, such as, you know, uh, aleatoric or chance type ideas. Uh, repetition of ideas as interjections, that's a good one. Uh, so if they've got a small motive or they've got a melody that has a fragment that could be a really good interjection, something that just interrupts the flow is, is quite good. I had a student that had a particular chord quality that he really liked, so he kept using that as an interjection. Um, transposition of the idea or a whole, as a whole or in part, that of course is a, is a good way to organise the blocks. Um, the limited pitch set idea, so you take just a limited series of pitches to create an idea um, that you rhythmically change and that can create a basis for a section or a basis for a mood. Same with the limited interval sets. You can change that with rhythm and register to create different sections. You can juxtapose ideas. Now, some people get a little bit confused with this, but juxtaposition is the arrangement of two ideas. Okay, Superimposition is both ideas simultaneously. I always tell my students that superimposition starts with S and simultaneous starts with S. So superimposition is the extreme of juxtaposition. Juxtaposition is like a, a form of dovetailing or um, where there's a little bit of overlapping where two ideas are, or you've got two different layers and the two ideas are fighting each other. That's juxtaposition. Okay, I used to say to my students, juxtaposition, think jousting, think fighting, JJ, easy to remember. Um, so you could use the stop, wait, go sequence that Matthew Hinson talks about or Hinson talks about. In um, It's really good if you've got two or three cellular ideas. That's a great one, the stop, wait, go. Um, interruptions or interjections, they're really good for chordal ideas. So if you've got a chordal thing or you've got this really cool motivic idea and it might be something as da-ba-da that comes in every so often. Um, dovetailing, of course, call and response and antiphony. Uh, use of polyrhythms, that's a great way to organise blocks of sound. Cyclic patterns, this is great for motivic ideas. So think minimalists, you know, additions and subtractions like the minimalists. Um, interdeterminacy, now the, some students think that interdeterminacy and chance is a, um, a bit of an easy way to go. Uh, it needs to be used cleverly, okay. So if you're going to use interdeterminacy where music has uh, is determined by uh, structures that maybe are not traditional in notational forms or whatever, then make sure that they have a reason and a, a role for being there. For example, if you're writing something about rain and you want 
uh, spattering effect than having a single vocal syllable like sha, sha could be a really good one to use and using it aleatorically within a group of people would give you that sort of effect that you want. So when you're thinking aleatoric, use it as a basis to create a mood or an atmosphere rather than going, I'm just going to make that, I'm just going to throw some chant stuff in there because it's it's kind of funky. That's not the whole point of it. It's always got to come back to what the motivation, like what is the composition about? You know, what are you what are you trying to focus on here? What are you trying to write here? Um, traditional forms are good with kids with um, blocks of sound. So A, B, your binary or your ternary or your rondo. I had a really cool composition come through a couple of years ago by one of the students and they had my typic ideas and they actually just followed a rondo form but it was much smaller it wasn't in big sections it was in small motifs and that was really cool uh, that was just for one section was how they structured it um, but it was very cool um, some kids like the sonata form idea where they have a theme one and a theme two and they modulate they like that idea which is good um, same with the minuet and trio some people like that idea as well uh, so that can work traditional roles can be really helpful if Kids are looking at jazz or pop based. Now, my students tend to, if they're going down any road, they'll tend to go down a jazz road sometimes. Um, and that's a difficult style to arrange in. So if they are looking at doing that, make sure that they have some really good foundations with that sort of thing. Um, things to add to the blocks of sound or your motivic ideas are counter melodies, ostinati, drones, um, aleatoric ideas, those sorts of things you can add on top. Uh, I'm a big fan of plan. Now, not every kid's a planner, and they're the tough ones, the non-planner kid. Uh, the kid that plans everything to the nth degree is, is good for structural, um, using structural visuals, so giving them an actual plan page for them to nut out, okay, at 30 seconds I'm going to do this and at a minute I'm going to do that. But uh, for kids that follow no plan or that are very bad at planning, what you need to do is you need to consider the word relentless. You say to them, are we getting sick of that idea? Have we exhausted that every possibility in that idea? If we've done six things to it and it's lasted 20 seconds, then is it really that strong an idea to begin with? Yeah, so they're the sorts of things that you can start to focus on in a bit more detail as they start to get into their writing phase. Don't forget to continue to remind them that what they write is not written in concrete and that it is not something that must stay or you will die. All right, that is very important. They need to understand it's a fluid project that is going to take months to create. It's not something that they may necessarily be able to write out in two minutes. Some kids can. Some kids are great. They they sit down, they write, it's done, and that's it. You know, but other kids need time to morph and change. So, and don't forget to always consider the score as well. Make sure that the score is is well written. It's very clear. Uh, to uh, help us to be able to to look at um, any of the people out there that mark, you know. Uh, so that kind of concludes this series of podcasts about the core composition. Hopefully with a little bit of luck it'll help. I've had a lot of people asking me to do this, so that's why the podcast has kind of taken it on board. Um, so, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this block. We're going to move on to other things now. So we're going to move on to different teaching style patternings and I'm going to move on to looking at gaming and I'm going to look at um, 
various other tips and tricks and listening ideas and various other things in the podcast. For those that were looking at the sight singing things, that's coming back. So stay tuned on the YouTube channel. That's where it's going to uh, be uploaded to. Uh, so there's quite a few of those coming through because, of course, we kick off with Year 11. It's a good time to start. Those that haven't done any sight singing with Year 11 before, they're good ones to do and you'll have one for each week. So uh, check that out on the YouTube channel. Other than that, uh, don't forget to jump over to the Facebook page, Clarissa Custom Music, and of course for your copy of the document that goes with this podcast, clarissacustommusic.com.au, K-L-E-R-R-I-S-A. And don't forget, if you need any help with anything, please feel free to email me, Kerry, K-E-R-R-I, that's Kerry with an I, at kerrylacey.com.au. Until next time, have a good afternoon. You've been listening to 10-Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's Kerry Lacey.